Hello and welcome Success Grade Nation to this new episode of the Success Grade Podcast with me your host Hussain Talib. This is episode number 61, How to Hire and Keep Great People with Mitch Gray. Hope you enjoy this one. Don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes. It is much appreciated. Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life. With your host, Hussein Talib. My guest today, Mitch Gray, he is the founder of Mitch Gray Media. He has over two decades of experience as a former pastor, life coach, speaker, and entrepreneur. Mitch is the host of the Mitch Gray Show and the author of multiple inspirational books. Mitch, welcome to the grid. Thanks. Good to be on. Awesome. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Um, The weather's nice. We were talking about the weather before the (laughs) show. I can't complain. It's good, man. Life is good. Life is good. Awesome. So you are the founder of uh, Mitch Gray Media. Tell us a little bit about you, what you used to do. What are you doing right now with this business? Um, yeah, as, as you said in the bio, I worked in uh, ministry for churches for a long time, but I also ran a, a lot of different businesses um, from multi-million dollar businesses to, to having my own, uh, a couple of different businesses actually over the years. And some of them I did really well at and some of them uh, you learn from, right? I wouldn't call it failure, but <laughs> but you definitely learn from it. I've also had some years that I've worked in community development. So Mm. uh, working on a variety of projects, just trying to gather people together to make changes in communities and and different platforms. And um, so, yeah, over the last five years, I kind of took all of that knowledge and started creating a, a movement of teaching leaders how to better hire people, develop people, and really set themselves up for success through the people that they hire. Mm. I actually think that most leaders undervalue the ability to hire the right people. I think they just hire people because they need them. And so I've kind of taken my gaps. Yes. Yeah. To fill the gaps, right. You have an empty desk and you got to fill it. And so I've kind of taken my last two and a half decades of experience and all of that. And, um, most mostly by nature, I'm kind of a spiritual thinker, kind of a philosopher. And I believe in the bigger picture of humanity and, and so I try and give that gift to, to leaders to think a little larger than just we have to make money or we have to sell a product. You know, people people don't at the end of the day, people don't enjoy just making money or just selling a product. They want something that's a little bigger than that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So at the beginning, you, you did multiple things like you were a pastor, for example. So what made you change that and leave this into being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing, let's say? Yeah. Um, since I was a little boy, all I wanted to do was be a pastor. Um, really? And I did that. I, I did that for a well, while. Yeah. Since I was 10 years old, that's all I wanted to do. And, um, <laughs> after getting into it, I learned really quickly that it, it really wasn't the type of work that was best for me working for churches and um, it becomes very political, and I had some some mm-hmm. kind of negative experiences that I thought, okay, I still love speaking, and I still love inspiring people, mm-hmm. but the idea of working for um, churches and the political side of it that just wasn't wasn't for me. And so, um, so I left that behind and moved on. And, and in the meantime, I really did fall in love with business. My growing up, 
my dad was both a school teacher and a farmer. Okay, and so cool. I get, school teacher and the farmer at the same time. And the farmer both, yeah. So he so he would yeah. uh, teach uh, students and pupils in the morning mm -hmm. and go home and uh, farm. <laughs> right. And he would go to the school day and then at three o'clock he would get done with school cool. teaching and go both, change clothes. Both and tough jobs, really tough. These two yeah. jobs are one of the toughest jobs ever. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> But I got I got to learn a lot, right? And that probably shaped uh my thought in you know i i think being a pastor and being an entrepreneur are very similar mm. because you know the one thing my dad taught me was life is about relationships no matter what business you're in or what you're doing if you don't have good relationships with people you're eventually not going to have anything and mm. and i learned that at a young age so you know my dad the school teacher wasn't any different than my dad the farmer mm. he was the same guy um and so i learned You know how to be an educator, how to be a communicator, but I also learned how to be strategic in business. You know, as a mm. farmer, like you said, it's very difficult. And you think about farming, you have to depend on the weather. You can't control that. You have to depend on the ground and the soil. You can't control that. Like you just have to do the best you can. And um, so it's a very strategic industry, and mm. a lot of farmers don't make it. You know, oh, yeah, and, farming is hard because. Because it's not just about yeah planting the seed and let it grow, yes. and it's about the like you mentioned the earth and the place that you do your farming. It's about the farmer needs, for example, to go and market the, his or her product and sell it. Yes, yeah, yeah. this yes. is. I think this is one of the important things that farmers uh, have issues with uh, globally, maybe because generally people who take it from them take it uh, cheaply, cheap prices. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So, so yeah, they get a little I, bit of I, money I, on it. I remember specifically, and of course, this is uh, 35, 40 years ago. So the industry is much different now. But I remember mm. specifically, I had to have been eight, seven or eight years old. Mm. And my dad said, we're going to grow watermelons. So it's a big, you know, big melon yeah. and cantaloupes. So both of them are melons. And he said, but I got to go figure out who I'm going to sell them to. Right. Mm. <laughs> so... So we drove to a bigger city because we lived in a really, really small town of like a thousand people. So we drove about three hours away to a mm. larger city. And I'll never forget walking into those grocery stores with my dad. And he would just ask to talk to the manager and say, I'm going to have melons to sell. Do you want to buy them? And here's when I can deliver them. Here's what I'll have. And so I got to see all of that, right? Like I got to see my dad walk in mm. and cold call people and sell his product yeah. and then You know, a month later, we're driving off to the same city delivering product. And he kept those, you know, those those grocery stores and those managers. I mean, for four or five or six years, he delivered to the same people. And, and I remember the day uh, we moved to a different state. And I remember the day that my dad had to go in and tell those managers that he was no longer going to be in business. Mm. And some of them almost cried because they had grown so close Whoa. and built such relationship yes, yes 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 and so i got to see all of that so to me you know being a pastor versus being an entrepreneur is no different because it's all about human relationships, relationships. yeah exactly. and if you can build those things then people trust you and and selling a product is interchangeable selling a product is the product isn't the point the point is how are we helping each other improve our lives and adding value yes Yes, yes. And so it was really cool to see all of that growing up. And, 
Um, and so to me, it's no different. What I did 20 years ago in church work is no different than what I do now. It's a little mm. bit different message, but, mm. but really the message that, you know, at the end of the day, it is the same. It's how can I help you improve your life? Mm. It's just, then I was start talking to church members and now I'm talking to business leaders. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So how, how do you, how do you work things out? How do you keep uh, yourself motivated or the, it's something like it's already in you and you didn't, you don't need something to keep pushing you to do better for leaders or businesses. Right, right. So I believe in alignment. I think, I think when someone is working a job that they don't enjoy, it's miserable. Mm. And they have stress and it's hard for them to stay motivated. If someone does something just for money, it's not sustainable because there are difficult times in life, right? Yeah. Where business isn't good. Um, how much rejection do you face? We constantly have to be selling ourselves and selling our business. People are going to say no. And so for me, it's about finding alignment. And I find a lot of joy in people. I, I want people to work a job that they truly believe at the end of the day, they've done something really fulfilling. Mm. I want business leaders to be able to learn to hire people that are going to enjoy that work. And again, yeah. not just hire people to hire them, but really consciously think about why am I hiring this person? How is this going to align with what this person is doing in life, what they enjoy, what they're gifted with, their skill set? And when a business can hire people based on alignment, they have now have a workforce that loves coming to work every day. Mm -hmm. And that's how I apply it to my life. I enjoy giving this message. I enjoy challenging leaders. I enjoy helping people walking down the street actually work for someone that they love to work for. Yeah. Um, because it's really, think about it, regardless of where you live in the world, at a human level, everyone wants to do something they enjoy doing. So then it becomes a question of, am I able to do that? And if I am, where can I find that? And so mm -hmm. uh, that gets me excited, right? To help leaders find those mm -hmm. people. And because the stress level just goes down as a leader. I mean, I remember hiring people and it's so stressful when you can't find the right people. And it just overwhelms you because yeah. you know something is missing and you know it can be solved. You just may not know how to solve it. Yeah. Now, speaking of leaders, I, I don't know, from my experience, what I see, for example, uh, managers or senior manager or whatever is in, in a high position, usually uh, do have, for example, do meetings in, a, in mm -hmm. times when certain things go wrong, when the employee makes yes. the wrong thing, right? Yes, I'm so, a So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but first of all, the employee who came, like we said earlier, they hire people just to fill a gap. The employee doesn't get, let's say, enough training sometimes or gets the wrong training. They, they don't know the, <clears throat> the culture of the company they are working on. They don't know how to the processes work and stuff like that. So how do you help them with this uh, big umbrella of things around that? <laughs> you, you've identified everything. Right. Like that's exactly what happens in, in many businesses and organizations. And but you hit on something. Um, first of all, it does begin with culture. 
But here's the problem. Most leaders don't even know their own culture. Exactly. Yes. This this is the pro- this is the problem I see my, myself. Yes. Even the big guys, even the big guys, they just wanna. I want this to be finished now. Yes. And, and yes. they've been working there for like 10, 20, 20, 35 years. That's all they know. And so you know what I tell people all the time is. Most leaders are ignorant of how to design culture, and it's not their fault. It's because they've never been taught how. How do you design a culture that is empowering? A culture that, you know, let's tie it into hiring people. Most leaders don't know how to interview properly. <laughs> they, they don't know how to hire people. You know, if I, if I have a piece of paper that has your resume on it, and it has all of your experience, What a resume doesn't tell me is who you are as a person. So yes. if I'm going to hire great people that that align with my culture, I have to know who you are as a person. Yes. But resume, so if I go on Indeed or Glassdoor or ZipRecruiter or Munster, guess what they don't ask me? Yeah. Who I am as a person. Yeah. What's crazy is you and I have been talking for 10 minutes now, and you know more about me because of the questions you've asked than someone interviewing me for a job is going to know. Mm-hmm. But what's also mm-hmm. interesting is if now with you, what you know about me, you're probably more inclined to give me an opportunity because you learned about my childhood. You learned about my culture. You learned about why I'm passionate about what I do. You don't know anything about my skill set. But what you do know is I'm probably a hard worker and I'm going to be excited and I'm going to enjoy what I'm doing. So then as a leader, I can know I can teach that person to do anything. Mm-hmm. But resumes are backwards, right? It's all backwards. <laughs> and the reason it's backwards is because backwards. <laughs> I love it's all backwards. <laughs> But the reason it's backwards is because people, it's hard work. You know, people don't want to go into an interview and turn it out to be this. But me as an interview, that as an interviewer, that's what I learned in my early 20s when I first started hiring people. I don't care about your resume. I don't care about your application. I'm going to ask the questions that help me find out who you are. Mm-hmm. What and are what you questions? like. Yeah. So the questions are easy. Tell me about yourself. Most people, that's one of my favorite things to start with in an interview, because if I say, hey, Tell me a little bit about yourself. And your response is, well, I'm not sure. I know immediately. Mm. So no, for example, I, uh, I want to do this. I want to help the company grow. I want to develop yes. some systems. I want these kind of things. Yes. Maybe. Now I know, right? Now I know I'm interested in you. Mm. But if someone has some doubt, like I literally interviewed people and said, hey, tell me a little bit about how did you grow up? And they don't know how to answer that question. Why would I hire that person? <laughs> But if they tell me, well, you know, I'm an athlete in high school and then I went to university and I studied this and then I tried this job and I didn't like that job. And so I moved to something. Now, all of a sudden, we have a conversation going that I can ask follow up questions to. Mm-hmm. But if I just ask you questions based on your resume, I may never understand all of them. So I may hire the greatest accountant who worked for the greatest accounting firm and maybe the most miserable person ever. It's never going to yeah, work. So, yeah, sometimes now uh, maybe we mentioned it. Salary is a big thing for any anyone working, but sometimes it's not like the first thing. That sometimes the appreciation and the thank you is very important from the about management and stuff like that. So people take a job for money; they don't stay for money. 
Mm, exactly. Yeah. So people might, someone might take a job to make the most money they've ever made, but if it's miserable in six months, they're going to be gone in a year that someone else may know that your company has great culture and they've heard about your leadership style and that you're very encouraging and you're inspiring and you get people to work hard and you, there's community. They may actually take a pay cut. I mean, I've known people that have taken 15, 20% pay cuts because they want to work for a good culture. Mm, yeah, especially now in these days in the COVID situation, yes. the, especially in yes. the past series. It matters more now than it's ever mattered. You know, I hear companies, well, we can't find people. No one wants to work. Well, yeah, no one wants to work for you <laughs> because they just got done being able to stay home for a year and you're mm -hmm. demanding they come back to the office eight hours a day. Why would they do that? I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Like companies need to be, and that's where I go back to the ignorance. You know, you said it, uh, a, a leader might have owned a business or been at a company for 15, 20, 30 years, and they've only learned one way of doing it. Yeah. One time I told a, a client of mine, he'd been with the same organization for 20 years. He started there when he was 16 years old Whoa. and he was in his late thirties, same organization. He was leading the organization. And one day we were talking and I said, you know, the best thing you could do for everyone around you. And he said, what's that? I said, the best thing you could do is quit and go work in another industry because your vision is so limited. You have no idea how to relate to people because all mm -hmm. he's ever done is that same organization since he was 16 years old. And he never, he didn't, he never, he was never exposed to anything else. And mm -hmm. so I tell leaders that all the time, if you've been in one company at one position for more than 10 years, it's time to quit and learn something else mm -hmm. or hire a consultant to come in and teach you something yeah. else. Cause, yeah. um, and I think people are most ignorant in that, but that, that foundation of culture has to be, has to have greater value because until you have that, in fact, if you have bad culture, You can hire the best employees in the world and they're not going to stay. They're mm -hmm. going to leave quicker than other employees are mm -hmm. yeah. because they recognize it quickly. Yeah. So this is why I guess some something came up like big companies like Google and stuff like that are now no longer interested in CVs and stuff like that. Right. Right. Is that true? Uh, partially. I mean, you know, when you're dealing with large corporations like Google, That's a different world, right? Yeah. But you need to have They some kind of, of skill. Yeah, you, you need to have some kind of yeah, skill. So, yeah, for example, programming skill or some kind of sales skill, maybe right. something like right. specific and you're good at. Yeah, that's part of the reason they can get away from what's been traditionally known, you know, with CDs, et cetera, et cetera, because they can, you know, a place like Google, I'm sure they have their fingertips in universities and yeah. um, job yeah, programs. Have, yeah. Blinded. It's a totally different game. Their resources are so vast. When you're dealing with small businesses, which in America, 99% of the economy is based on small business. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's the myth, right? The majority of the economy in the world is not Google or Tesla or Microsoft or whoever. It's not. It's, it's a small the majority, and businesses. It's 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 the local family that owns the local restaurant. It's Um, the local guy that started a tech company that does 20 million in revenue. Those are the small businesses that drive economies. Mm -hmm. And that's across the world. Yeah, exactly. And so what I always tell people is if, if, if you're a small business, which you probably are, you have so much more control over who you hire, who you develop, and how much success you create. When you're Google, you have so much less. You know, Amazon is growing so vastly because they're just buying everything up. <laughs> 
It's not because Amazon's a great company. It's because they have enough money to buy everything. The buy it is they, they want to control the markets in a lot yes. of ways. Yes. That's not development. Yeah. That's no, not the, 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 people the, miss that. Yeah, there may be, for example, I watched one of the Shark Tanks episode when they have this guy that invented the ring. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was uh, two or three years ago. I've done something. And, and recently after that, I read that Amazon bought Ring. Bought it. Yeah, right. So they want to be involved in a lot of things like Elon Musk. <laughs> he wants right. to be in space right. and making cars. And also same thing, Amazon and Google, they want to be in cars. They want to do like a billion things because they have tons and billions yes. and trillions of money. But yes. the little guys are the actually the pillars and the stones of the, any business in the world, like you mentioned. 100%. And I think the mistake that, that a lot of small businesses make is, um, you know, Jeff Bezos comes out with a new book about how to be successful. Don't read it. <laughs> If you're a small business owner, because nothing is relatable. Like, you know, it, it's been a long time ago since Jeff Bezos started and yeah. he started out with money. His family had money. Oh, really? so like came, oh yeah it's not like know. he came from nothing he came oh. he had a lot of resources and really? so that's a very different situation you know again i love the way you said it small businesses are the pillars of our communities and so i, th I think people start buying into these myths about well so and so is doing this but that may not work that's why it's so important for each individual leader mm to be educated and to learn how to really operate at an optimum level within their business. Yeah. So I, for Because example, you have a, you have a business and I have a business, but they're two different things. Yeah. So I, for example, to get two things, like for example, people might leave the, their leaders, not their organization, for example. Right. And uh, the second thing is, for example, for speaking of books, I'm one of the guys uh, that uh, some books, I don't read them all, all the book from cover. I see the content and the chapters and read the yes. chapter, what the chapter is about and see if yes. it benefits me. I will go directly to that chapter because sometimes there are certain things that uh, from the get go appear that will not relate to me. So I go directly to that chapter. So that's that could be a good idea, for example. <laughs> No, 100%. And I'm not saying Jeff Bezos doesn't have good stuff to say. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. This you, is what you can't, I, you can't replicate it. Yeah. yeah, you can't replicate it. And you're exactly right. Yeah, pick and choose. And the same with the same with hiring a coach or consultant. You know, make sure that you're, you're, and I've seen small businesses do that, right? They hire a consultant based on what their friend said. Mm. <laughs> and you kind of see that in small businesses sometimes. Sometimes they, you know, they think, well, my friend's doing 15 million. So I want to do 15 million. And Why? so then they kind of they try, 20 million. Why 15? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so they try and replicate that. Yeah. And it's like you have to find what's right for you. Yeah. But uh, you know, the problem with replicating, uh, even now, big companies, if you notice, like for example, social media, they are doing it. Like for example, uh, TikTok has this small video, uh, short videos and stuff like that. So Instagram goes and make this what the they call thing. real yeah so yeah. basically even big companies huge companies are replicating and doing the same thing from each other yeah what i really miss in our culture right now is authenticity mm, yeah yeah sometimes and i feel i feel even big companies even big companies yes lack innovation let's say i don't know, <laughs> I, don't, yes. i don't know yes 
but I think you're right. You know, Clubhouse is another one. Clubhouse started and now Twitter is doing their version, et cetera, et cetera. And, and my advice to people is just be careful when you try and replicate stuff and, mm. and really don't even worry about that. Like that's kind of the downside to social media. I, I, I'm old enough. I grew up in an age where we didn't have all that stuff. Yeah, like you didn't, yeah, exactly. you, you didn't know what happened in New York, right? You didn't know all that stuff. And now it's like, you're so exposed to everything. To world, yeah. yeah. And it's, I think there's a downside to it. And the downside to it is what do they call it? Imposter syndrome or whatever. I just, I just feel like people need to find their path. And be authentic to that path and not worry about everything else. Mm, yeah. And 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 that really relates to what we're talking about with leadership. You know, um, I, I kind of have the argument with leaders quite often. It's like, well, where are you hiring people? Well, we use we use LinkedIn or Indeed or Glassdoor. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because that's what everyone's doing. And I'm like, well, then mm. that's exactly why you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> like if everyone's doing it, then what that tells me is you're missing out on people. Mm. You're missing out on opportunity. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Mm. So if uh, everyone going right, uh, don't go follow them. <laughs> if you are a true leader, yeah. go yeah. your own path, right? <laughs> right. Are you really a leader if you're following what everyone else is doing? <laughs> no. I mean, isn't that the exactly. opposite of leadership? Yeah, it's like, no. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit about the uh, power of strategy for uh, businesses. Uh, strategy, yeah. Um, I mean, the power of strategy, people don't have enough strategy, right? They think I have a business plan, um, I have a product or whatever it is, a service. But what they forget is you need to have strategy for every little thing, whether it's hiring, whether it's development, um, specifically when it comes to hiring. The most unfair thing that happens is someone hires someone and then they just expect them to do the job. And there's no strategy to it and there's no plan and there's nothing being implemented. Um, I, I fully believe with any type of success that success is created through strategy that's implemented over time. And that happens on the front side. Like success is simply a result of mm. things that you've implemented. Yeah, and failed, and failed maybe again. Yes, again, Until yes. you reach your goal. What's your look on it? And are there uh, steps to hire people, great people to work with? Number one, you have to review where you're recruiting people. And mm. I know I keep saying that I've been on multiple podcasts and keep saying this. <laughs> I, I think the third-party apps, um, Glassdoor, Indeed, etc., I think they've made people lazy. They've made uh, people lazy. And, and you mean the, the people who are searching for jobs to work? Yes. Not the people looking for work. I think the, oh. this, the leaders oh, okay. hiring, it's made the leaders lazy because mm. they think they can just post a job and mm. they're going to attract people, but mm. it doesn't work that way. Well, actually, I see it both ways because I remember that I used to go and have my CV. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> go to yes. certain companies and having like 50 copies and going, uh, do, you, do you want work? No, yes. Whether yes or no, I will leave my CV there, 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 there. You know, now it's like for the, like you mentioned, from the company's perspective and the employees, they are both have this file and upload, tick, apply, submit. Up, yes, yep. no, yeah, this is what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I'm, and we'll go to a few other things in a second, but if mm. I'm looking for a job, I want to get in front of you. I don't want you to see my resume on a screen. Because again, how did we start the conversation? It's about relationships. Yeah, exactly. You don't because know the, the person. Yeah. That's right. On the screen, my resume may look great or it may not look that good. 
And if it doesn't look that good, you may skip over it as a business leader, but you may be missing out on the best leader that you're ever going to hire. But because their resume didn't look good, or maybe they didn't know how to put together a resume. You skip, I know a lot of people that are great people. They haven't had to fill out a resume in 15 years. They don't know how to fill out a resume. But they're some of the best people you can hire. But they're not going to get a job because their resume, their CV, it doesn't look good. Conversely, I know a lot of people that I would never hire who can put together the best resume you've ever seen. And so if you see that on a screen, you think, well, I want to hire that person. Oh, yeah. And so... So yeah, I think it's about where you're recruiting people. And, and to me, that's the first step is knowing who you want to recruit, why you want to recruit them. Again, it's not just about hiring. Who aligns with your culture? What type of personalities do you want? Uh, what's our, what type of people are represented on your team? What spaces are missing from a cultural standpoint? So you have to know all that. And then you have to know where to go recruit. Yeah, exactly. Co- college campuses. You know, the best people to recruit mm. are the people that already have jobs. I actually was going to ask you where to find these elite employees. They're already employed mm. or they're getting an education. Those are the two best options. They're already employed or they're getting an education. And so you're looking for people that are already working you can see their performance you can you know i tell people all the time the best places to recruit are when you're shopping when you're buying coffee (laughs) when you're ordering paper when you're at restaurants and the reason being is you get to see those people in action if you're sitting in a restaurant eating and the waitress is really good and friendly and dependable i want her working for me i don't want her working at this restaurant if I believe in my company, I want her working for me. Or when you go get your coffee every week, people are just missing so many opportunities. Mm. Why? Because they've, they've gotten lazy and they're waiting on that waitress to get tired of her job and fill out their resume on Indeed. Well, guess what? She's a hard worker, so she's not going to do that. Mm. The greatest mm. employees and candidates aren't filling out resumes on Indeed. Mm. They keep working. They're, they work. They, they're they actually employed. Yeah. And they're yeah. successful and they're doing a good job. But that's where leaders get intimidated mm. because they're scared to recruit successful people. Because I, I, I have a point on this because they don't want successful people to go above them with time, you know? That's, that's, a lot that's an issue. Yeah. It's called insecurity. Yeah. Right. It's called, and the other thing is, too, they're just intimidated. I really think that's where the third-party apps have made leaders lazy because they've forgotten how to go talk to people. Mm. They just post it on social media, on wherever. They post it instead of going out. I promise you I could go to any city in the world and within two hours go find a team of 10 people that would be awesome and never have to get on my computer. Yeah, you can. Like you mentioned, you can work on the street if you want someone... Who's in customer care, for example? You can yes. go to whatever to to malls or whatever on the street and see people yes. that work similar jobs or something like that, and yes. see their reaction with you or the people around you and with them. So you can get the, an idea of how good they could be. Isn't that their resume in action? <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm surprised. I don't know. I haven't been in online job application in a long time, but. Uh, I remember that 
one website had like upload a video of yourself is that does that make things a little better could be but i can still sell myself in a five minute video mm. you still don't see me work in a five minute video you still don't see me engage with customers in a five minute video like i can act like someone else in a five minute video but i want to get past that i want to read your energy your positivity how you approach people. That's what I want to see. And the only way to do that is to see you in action. Mm. That's all I want to do. So yeah, recruiting, yeah, that's really where it matters because I know who I need to recruit, why I need to recruit them. And then I go find them. To me, you know, um, Indeed, Glassdoor, Monster, all of those, those are bonuses. If I find someone really good on those, that's just a bonus. Mm. Kind of the rule I tell people in small business is 80% of your team should be personally recruited. 20% can be found online. Ooh, That's yeah. kind of what you should look at ratio-wise because then I get to control 80% of my team. I know firsthand who they are, why I hired them, and how they're going to work. Yeah, exactly. You you have a personal connection and touch yes. with them. Yeah. Yes. You hire the, them for a reason you saw in them. Yes, a specific reason, talking about strategy. So, you know, we're looking at on average, people stay at a job four to six months on average across America, at least. That's not very long. But if I know I've hired, recruited someone and I've hired them, knowing that the odds of them staying for two or three or four years are pretty high, that's a, you know, the greatest expenditure of businesses is hiring and firing. Yeah, it's hiring and firing. Mm. It, if, if someone quits a job or I fire them, it costs almost 200% of their pay to hire someone else to replace them. Mm. So if small businesses want to grow, the best way to grow is to hire the right people. Mm. Exactly. That's yeah. the best way to grow. Mm. Yeah. So, so employees empowerment, is it, uh, is it an art? Is it a science? How, how it happens? As far as development? As far as anything. From oh, the yeah. start to finish. Yeah, so I, mean, I would say it's both a little bit. Um, I think there is an art to it that you have to learn. The art of interviewing um, is one, but there's also strategy to it, which I would consider scientific. Mm. But it has to be the balance. And you know, where you see where you see the online websites that most people are using, that removes the art, mm. right? Because there's no relationship. I don't get to see you, talk to you, feel you, figure out what you're doing. There's a science to it because of algorithms. So when you take it back and take control of that, there's actually an art and a science. The science comes in on who I need, why I need them, and how I'm going to train and develop them. That's the science and strategy of it, per se. The art comes in. As a leader, I have to know my culture, what that looks like, how are they going to blend with my current team. Yeah, exactly. this is very important. Actually. Yes, this is yes. blending the team and uh, how the uh, treatment with the customers is. See, when you when you hire without really engaging someone, you're gambling. <laughs> you're gambling. You know, one thing I used to do. Now, this was when I was in retail, but one thing I used to do is I loved recruiting people that shopped with me. What? Because people <laughs> that shopped with me, uh, I would okay. recruit them to work out because they would come in and shop mm. and buy my product. And mm. I would see how they engaged with my team and how my team engaged with them. So I knew pretty quickly if there was a chemistry there. Yeah. And so like, if I say I have a customer service business, okay. Um, say we're a tech company and we provide customer support. 
Um, I'm going to listen to how my best customer service people deal with customers. And then I'm going to tell those people, those employees, go find more people for me that are like you. <laughs> oh, cool. And that's the best way to recruit is you're going to you're going to empower your highest performers, your your all stars yeah. to go recruit more all stars. Oh, that's that's a great idea. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And this so you're is not where, the only one. Recruiting. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great idea. This is where actually leaders come in because they are not afraid of certain people coming in and taking their place and removing them yes. from the chair. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say one takeaway from this episode? I would say be open-minded about how you're building your business. Um, I would say that if, if you're if you're a leader, every there isn't a leader in the world that doesn't want to grow their business, right? Because if they don't want to grow their business, they're not going to be in business very much longer. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, it's when you're, tough. Yeah. And, and, the only, and the only way to grow business is to increase revenue. And the quickest way to increase revenue is to make sure you're hiring the right people who are going to perform highly and they're not going to leave in six months. So you don't mm. have to replace them. They're going to stick around. Mm. And so in order to do that, I would, you know, my takeaway would be understand your culture. You know, how do you live? How do you move? How do you function as a business leader in your team? And then understand why you're hiring people. If you're just hiring people because you have empty seats, stop. Mm. Just stop hiring. It's better, to, it's better to have fewer employees who are high performers than too many employees who are low performers. Mm, exactly. And, and so if you have to go with a smaller team for a little while, If you're a team of 300 and you need to function at 215, figure it out until you get the other 75, right? So know your culture, know why you need to hire people, and then have a plan for developing. You said it at the first of the show. You hire someone, you bring them in, and they don't know what to do. You just kind of let them figure it out. That's the worst thing you can do because what that tells employees is that you don't care. Mm. Yeah, But if you have a plan for development and you invest in Then it shows them that you do care. Yeah, but sometimes what I see with businesses and corporations, sometimes like for these times that passed in the past year and so with COVID and stuff, uh, I am I'm not I'm not a big proponent of letting employees go. So why don't, mm -hmm. for example, companies like try to work things out, try to find new ways to do businesses more and to pivot around things? Yeah. I think I think we saw two things happen during COVID. I think we saw the way corporations dealt with that. And then we saw the way small businesses dealt with that. And those are two very different worlds, right? The problem is even corporations were just laying people yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes zero sense to me because they have plenty of money. Yeah, basically they so that, do have a plenty of money. Yeah, so that that's a whole different thing. For small businesses, it's different. If you oh, you know, if you had if you had 20 million in revenue. And whatever business you had overnight got shut down. You know, that money goes away pretty quickly. Um, it doesn't last as long as people think. And if you had 200 employees, oh, yeah. I can see where that happened. But what I would tell those, and I've, I've told quite a few people already, the small business people, they're trying to recover. They're trying to rebuild. And what I tell them is you have to be as innovative as possible. And you have to get it right with your people. You know, so many are like, oh my gosh, we're growing all of a sudden. I just got to get people in here. No, mistake. That's a mistake because in six months, it's going to burn you. So use this time that you're getting to reset to make sure you learn how to really 
recruit, interview, and hire and develop the right people. Yeah. So, Mitch, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on social media. I'm on uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's M Gray Media, so M G R A Y Media, and then on LinkedIn, you can just look me up, Mitch Gray. I probably one of the few on there on LinkedIn. My website is MitchGrayMedia.com, and you can find all my socials there as well. And then my new book, How to Hire and Keep Great People, will be coming out in August, so in about a month and a half. So oh, cool. Um, what's what's the yeah. name of the book again? How to Hire and Keep Great People. And mm, uh, that is coming in August. The end of August. End of the end August. Of, and it'll be, it'll be available everywhere worldwide. Um, and then my show, the Mitch Gray Podcast, is available. Just search it and you'll find it. So, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Mitch, for being today with thank me you. on the Success Secret Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.